welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Tapuma. At least we got the, the name of the hometown right. So that, that's good. That's good. Always, I, a, always a warm welcome. It's I, always uh, music to my ears. I messed that up last week. I said Nashville, New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. That's why somebody called me out. You know, I was just happy to be back recording. It's yeah. like, eh, like I'll let that one slide. You know, Jay's in his element. I'm not going yeah. to fuck with him right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like that part right. of Animal House where fucking Jim Belushi's character starts right. rambling on stuff. And they're like, did, did that even happen? They're like, ah, oh, he's rolling. Just go with it. Right, right. Um, give you guys a quick rundown of the podcast. Um, we are going to do our usual bullshit segment that goes nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to bridge to nowhere, right? We're going to jump right into Antonio Brown um, and the drama surrounding him and Raiders camp. Um, that will lead into a recap of Hard Knocks season, uh, episode one, yep. um, which will lead into our preseason analysis and what we saw. And then also we're going to touch on Brady's new contract. Yeah, news or noise. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, what else was there? We got one last thing, right? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. We can God. do a coin toss between Zeke threatening to not show up until he gets a new contract or... A.A. Ron being A.A. Ron. Yeah, yeah. I, God, I know, right? It's the same story. It's like, same bullshit. It's like, it's like whatever, regardless. You want me to turn off 11 years? <laughs> know, right? Like, when he has to prove a point, he finds this bullshit Southern accent. Uh, but anywho. Uh, but hang on. How you been, bro? I'm good, but hang on. We'll, we'll get to me in a minute. Yeah. You got a new fucking haircut. Dude, I got a new haircut. A new, my new fucking haircut. Dude, it looks fresh, doesn't it? Do you have a Jagerbomb too or no? I did not have a Jagerbomb, but my haircut is fresh as hell. Yep. Uh, I sent you a video yesterday, and uh, the funniest thing happened to me at my barber shop. Um, let, me, let me back. I'm going to give you the full story into how I got to this point yesterday. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the Odyssey uh, starring Jay Chima. Right? So I love, I love hood barbers. I love, like... <laughs> When you get a great fade, they get into like uh, your your shape ups with like a little razor. Like I just love hood barbers that spend like ninety minutes on your fade and two minutes off top, and you're good to go. Right? I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been going to uh, I've been going to a uh, a corporate uh, hair cutting shop for the last like year or so um, called Cost Cutters. Um, just because they're right down the road from where I live, um, and they're easy and they're cheap, but truthfully, don't care, man. You walk oh, it's in, cost cutters. Yeah, you walk in, you pay your fifteen bucks. They do a little, like two minutes later, you're done. And right. I'm like, bro, this shit's not evening out properly, you know? You want the back square? <laughs> so I've been looking for a new barber shop where I live, and I think I found one. And this is my second time going to it yesterday, and already I like love everything about it. Like you know, the first time I went in there, like the name was Cut City, so it was already a good start, right? That was one check mark. Cut City. Oh my god. <laughs> that was one check mark for being a good hood barber, right? Cut City. <laughs> Cut City. What have someone getting shanked on the logo? <laughs> I walk in and there's a Daddy Yankee blaring on the radio, right? Oh, oh my god, Gasolina's playing like like no other. <laughs> Uh, there's two guys arguing about like basketball. There's a guy talking about like LeBron and like uh, about MJ and Kobe and also bullshit. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm home. <laughs> right? Oh, the kicker on top of that is uh, they sell fake Gucci material there. Right. Dude, they have it all, right? Fake Gucci, Daddy Yankee blaring, arguing about basketball. Yeah. All right, I'm so with I, you. I get there yesterday. I'm ready to get my hair cut. There's like a wait before I get to my barber. Um, so I, I decided to use the bathroom like anybody else. I go there. Um, drain the dragon, take it out, you know. Dragon, <laughs> oh my god! I go, I clean my, uh, I wash my hands, and uh, right next to um, the sink, there's like the paper towel dispenser, and on top of it, there's a bag there. 
Now, me being the curious person I am. You curious? No. <laughs> I decide to look inside of it. And Brennan, I shit you not. And actually, you know, because I sent you a video. Uh, I think I saw about uh, 96 condoms in there. Jesus. <laughs> How condoms. the hell are you going to have the strength to cut hair? You got 96 Jimmy hats 96 condoms in a brown paper bag in the men's fucking uh, bathroom at Cut City in Danbury. Bro. Right? So I'm intrigued. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, what's going on? So I get to my barber. Um, I sit down, get my hair cut. Halfway through, bro, I'm like, listen, uh, I gotta ask something, right? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Like, what are you gonna ask, man? I'm like, why is there um, like a, a brown paper bag with a shit ton of condoms in your bathroom? And I shit you not, his response was, our cuts be so fresh that it's a guarantee these dudes about to get laid and we all about that sex, a safe sex in this joint. Wow. That was his response. Wow. That was his fucking the response. PSA. <laughs> From Cut City. You know, I can appreciate that. You know, they're trying to make sure everyone's safe yeah. and not having little baby chimas running around and nobody wants to get like an STD. But I will say, there's got to be one asshole that like went in there and like poked holes in it with a fucking like a needle. There's yeah. always one. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like then he gave me like a spiel about like, uh, he, he actually did say people ended up having sex in the uh, in the bathroom. He in the say, bathroom. He said, he said like it wasn't because of his haircut, but another guy there was cutting hair so good. That the girl couldn't keep his hands off the guy. And I was like, I don't know if I believe that story, but... I don't, you know what? You say that, but there was a, there was a character on 90 Day Fiance. I, his name is Jay. He's from Jamaica. Oh, my God. And what a story. He was doing, I guess he was doing tattoos in this barbershop out in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. And he was doing the tattoo on this yeah. chick. And apparently the chick loved the tattoo so much that they went in the back of the bat, you know, in the bathroom yeah. and started like boinking and doing shit, and like the whole fucking barbershop could hear him. And then he almost gets into like a fucking fist fight outside in the back by the <laughs> owner. So I'm not surprised, yeah. but it's like I thought that was a plan. I'm like, oh, that's got to be a work. Like you gotta get, you gotta keep people interested in this fucking bullshit of yeah. 90 days to marry this person, and is it gonna work or is it not gonna work? Yeah. But now it's real life. Okay. Oh, dude, I, I was I was absolutely astonished, and obviously, I had to take a condom on the way out. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> just, just to kind of just kind of be like, well, it's free. Might as well take one. <laughs> well, it's free. Oh and my I, god! And I did look at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, damn, Jay Chima, you look fine, bro. Wow. <laughs> There's a line I could put in here from uh, Silence of the Lambs, but yeah. Keep Do you know what else I realized? I've been going to Costco for too long, and and just like who I am in general, like uh, I do a lot of like, handshakes, right? Um, where I work, you do a handshake and, you know, so, but the hood barber, like, I, I realized that the, like, the actual, like, initial, like, greeting between the, the barber and, like, the client, you gotta have, like, a massive, like, cool handshake. Oh, it's a dap. Right? But the thing I realized is the louder the handshake, like, I feel like that's, like, you're more gangster that way, you know what I'm saying? Well, no shit, it's like the floppy fucking yeah. handshake. Yeah, Nobody yeah. wants a dead fish. No, if you're gonna dap, you, you... You dap hard. Yeah, exactly, right? I was just like, hey, man, thanks, thanks. I gave, they get, I like, get, the little snap on the yeah. way out, too? Well, I give him a handshake, so, like, I'm, like... Oh, here we go. Yeah, I'm, like, completely... Here we go. NASDAQ. The S&P. <laughs> S&P 400 or some shit. Right? Hey, how's the Dow Jones doing today, you know Jay? Saying? I was just like, oh, thanks, man. Uh, his name is Savi. Thanks, Savi. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I'm yeah, he's like, what the fuck is this shit? I mean, he just... He shook my hand, He's but. like, oh, you're fucking dark. He's like, oh, I got to... Put the cocaine away in the so back. So I think next week I'm going to try like a, like a dab, you know what I'm saying? And then eventually I'm going to work up to like my fourth or fifth visit with like the dab and the bro hug, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. That's where it's at, bro. There you go. Yeah. I just love that you're down with like hood barbershops, but like when we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and Waterbury, like you were Usain Bolt to your car. Brent, it's Waterbury. Waterbury is like a fucking... You're going it's, it's to like, a hood barbershop. It's... 
Brandon, it's because like, it's, it's broad daylight. Brandon, it's Newark Part Two in Waterbury. Okay. Oh my God. Bro. Okay. The crime rate is unreal in Waterbury. Okay. And, and I, I, after having some wings, don't feel like dying, okay? Oh, I feel like going my. home, all right? Yeah. Watching some TV, taking the porn pad out, and having a good night, okay? I don't want to. Wow. I don't want to fucking get <laughs> shot wow. up. In the well, at least lot. you have like a free condom to, you know, not make a mess. Anywho, <laughs> anywho, wow! Can't believe that just happened. That's what? a first. <laughs> That's not the worst thing we've said. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've said some really dumb Hood shit. barber. It's got to be because of broad daylight, because man, you and Justin would hide me into the car, and then here's me and Pat, also uh, Connecticut Beer Adventures, find them on Instagram. Uh, we're just sauntering over to our car. Yeah, okay, see you later. You guys bolt fucking Speedy Gonzalez style. Well, the second time we went to Waterbury, uh, the Waterbury Buffalo Wild Wings, um, some homeless guy was close to my car and I decided to be like alpha male and I started yelling at him in a very aggressive tone. What's great is you were yelling at him when he was like, hey, nice car. What? I just said nice car. Exactly. Exactly. He said he, nice car. Now he knows. Oh, don't. Now he God. now he knows. Don't say a second stupid comment and leave this guy alone. You know what I'm saying? Second stupid comment. This guy's okay. just trying to enjoy some wings and go home wow. and take the porn pad out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Don't know where to go from there. My week's well, been pretty boring. <laughs> hey, well, you had a great fucking week in Paris. I had to come with the heat this week, bro. The, the heat of uh, free condoms and porn pad. Yes. Yes. You came with the heat. Pun intended. Oh, my God. How was your weekend, bro? It was oh, good. Oh, before we get to that, though, I, uh, I did see Tom Segura at Foxwoods. Yeah, I was night. he? Dude, oh, my God. The guy is absolutely hilarious, man. Like, he was like, he used to be like 1 and 1A between him and Bill Burr, but I think he's taking the spot at 1 okay. just because he was that fucking good, man. Okay. Like, his new comedy special coming out on whatever he was trying, the new material, fucking great. Okay. Now, was it like a club, like a club setting, like old school? No, like, dude, there was, was this like an auditorium? This or? is 4,000 seats, bro. Holy it's shit. It's like one level, then a second level. Okay. And I didn't realize Foxwoods Casino was that big, dude. I've never been. Like, uh, dude, trust me. Like, you're, you're, we're driving up there, and like, it's just nothing out there. It's just like, you know, farmland and houses. And then all of a sudden, you like see a four building metropolis in the middle mm -hmm. of nowhere, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Okay. Insane. You should make your way out there. Uh, I don't know my list. Yeah. How about you, bro? What happened with you this week? It was good. No, I mean, nothing compared to that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, went to the beach yesterday with, that? Uh, with Tara and hung out with D-Row and Nicole and, and Nick. Just hung out there. I've never been on a beach where, like, you could actually open, like, you could drink booze on there and, like, nobody really gave a shit. Because, yeah. like, in New Hampshire, we're all uptight and you can have an open container and get, like, a fucking $500 fine. The, uh, the, the, the state with the, with the slogan, live free or die? Yeah, you can't drink on the okay. beach. Right. But granted, like, when people drink in New Hampshire, especially on Hampton Beach, like, they're just a bunch of assholes. So yeah. I can kind of understand why. But... No, it was it was great. Like just cracking open beer. I had Natter Day. It's a natty uh, natty light, but it's with like pink or strawberry lemonade. Mm -hmm. That's just great. Like I was bashing D Row for having that before. Yeah. But I'm uh, I'm converted to the Natter Day lifestyle. So it has uh has beer and what else was in it? Lemonade. It's like beer and like strawberry lemonade or some shit like that. It's got little flamingos on the can. It was it was a good time. Uh, he dusted off his N64, played some Star Fox. 
yeah. was geeking out. Yeah. And I uh, called it a day, came home, watched Live PD, and that was it. Dude, I, I was actually going to watch Live PD last night, but I decided to watch um, the Cowboys, the 49ers game. Yeah. Um, not the best of games, but then I started watching Aquaman on, on HBO. Oh. Um, but uh, I, I wish I would have tuned into, into Live PD because I had tuned in for like a few seconds. And something crazy was happening. There was like a dog out. They're trying to chase like some guy in the woods. No shit. Like someone got shot in Lafayette. Oh, my God, yep, dude. Shot in the leg. I think while he was working on his car. But he did want to Lafayette, say he Indiana shot him. or Louisiana? Louisiana. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Makes no sense. shit. Just Lafayette in Louisiana is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's like a hundred miles like west of Baton Rouge. Yeah. It's but insane. It's just meth down there. I mean, clearly. Meth but it's just insane. It's like, what the f- like what crime? Like it's like a bunch of bayous and five people. Like what the hell is out here? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the deep south, man. Like some of those towns that are like away from like civilization. Well, once oh, you dude. go, it's, I mean, hell, no offense if you're listening from Mississippi, but like you guys are your own fucking country. Let's just be real. Yeah. It's just a fact. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, Louisiana, Alabama, all that shit down uh-huh. there, bro. Don't want to Except for Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is, you know, he's okay. Forrest Dump. Dude, uh, your boy was talking uh, some shit the other day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He said, oh, I put a comment on Instagram. Just let Jay know I'm kidding. And I'm looking at like, what comment? He's like, did he fucking take it down? <laughs> I didn't see no comment. Really? I don't know. He said he put something up on Instagram. Was it Facebook or Instagram? Well, Facebook, he he put shit up. I, I sent yeah. you the picture. And then yeah. Instagram, he I don't said see anything. He put something, but I didn't yeah. see anything I mean, Listen, we've never taken anything down. But I mean, uh, but no, dude, you, you, you're still getting heat for Forrest Gump. Dude, I'm not going to watch that trash. You watch, right? you watch Batman versus Superman. Like, just... Right, we're not going to have this conversation over and over again, okay? Yes, because it's that insane that because this movie was made How in the is 90s, that insane? And you can't How wrap is that your mind around the fact that adrenaline is a real thing. And when fight or flight happens, you can lift the fucking car. You can run out of braces. You can get a scholarship to go play for Bear Bryant in Alabama. And it's a real... Thing is more real than Batman or Aquaman. I will Facts. say the the character premise of Batman being a billionaire and having cool gadgets is more realistic than a guy who could barely walk in one scene and then like just because somebody throws some rocks at him becomes Usain Bolt. Like the, 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 rocks and what else? They were chasing after him in a fucking like oh, bike and yeah. shit. Dude, I, I listen. Back in like back in middle school, I would get chased and get the shit thrown me all the time. Being bullied, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't turn into fucking Usain Bolt. You weren't in fucking braces, man. Oh, here we go. Just saying. I was in better condition than that fucking kid. Well, and apparently, I didn't turn to Usain apparently Bolt. The, the kid with a, a back as crooked as a question mark has a better 40 time than some people playing in the NFL right now. Brent, listen. I'm, I'm just saying. I, I Forrest Gump, Library of Congress. This isn't a pity party for Jay Chuan, but after 9-11, living in New York, there was definitely some heat coming towards the Pakistani, all right? <laughs> like, after school, I had to book it, ta- book it home, or else I was going <laughs> to... Like, I was going to get some shit coming my way, you know what I'm saying? There was this Russian kid, uh, Dennis something, that always pick on me after school, you know what I'm saying? Um, the Russian? Yeah, this is a Russian kid, yeah, yeah, after 9-11, dude. Uh, but like, uh, my point being, I had that same fucking adrenaline going through my body. I wanted to get home without a wedgie, but I did not turn into Usain Bolt. Got a right? wedgie in middle school. Well, that's just exaggeration. But I don't know what would happen if they caught me. All right. Okay. But <laughs> hey, you outran him, right? Yeah. But so I, did Forrest Gump. But I'm not and he ran I, all the way to the White House as an All American right. for Alabama and a Congressional Medal of Honor winner. And then he like made millions on Bubba Gump Strip. And then he got st- uh, stock options in Apple. He, he got is the American. Yeah, watch the fucking movie and you'll know. Well, he just ruined it for me. He's giving a full rundown of it. Oh, so. no, there's plenty more for mm-hmm. you. I, listen, Finds out about, I, like, Jenny. I was, yeah, so the Jenny thing, uh, I've heard some stuff. Yeah, just watch the movie. That uh, isn't very nice of what Jane did to this. Yeah, this, but, this you know, what's his name? Gump? Gumpy? Forrest. Forrest. 
Let's call Gumpy. Him, let's call him Gumpy, all right? You're, you're something else. <laughs> okay, JJ. <laughs> I've heard. You better what, run your ass out of the house. I've heard what Jenny did to this Gumpy guy. And it's not good, all right? Yeah, well, watch the movie. Fair Come on. Listen, we actually had a deal that you were going to eat sushi and I was going to watch that movie, but you didn't, you didn't hold up your end of the bargain, so I mean, I'm not going to watch Forrest Gumpy. It's in the fucking Library of Congress. Batman versus Superman might as well be toilet paper. Funniest part was when he's yelling, Martha! Say your name! <laughs> say it! How'd you say Martha? Who's Martha? God, I wish DC could make a good movie. I really do, bro. Like, I'm a big DC fan. I love Superman so much. And then you waste your time with that shit in Aquaman, and you I can't just... just... It was on VH1 last night. I just night. want DC to make one good movie, man. They, you know what? They've You're going to be waiting a while. They've actually turned it around with uh, with Aquaman and Shazam. They've actually they actually got good Rotten Tomatoes scores, and they made a bunch of money off of them, so... Mm. It's no Marvel just yet, but... Oh, God, dude. Yes. One of these days, they'll make a good Superman movie. <laughs> You're going to be waiting a long time. You're going to be waiting a long time. Huh? All right. Let's actually transition over to some football instead of just talking about condoms and the porn pad. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what people <laughs> kind of tuned in to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. All right. I'm going to turn the floor over to Depuma to give us the rundown of the situation that is Antonio Brown being a jackass. Well, hang on. Before we get there, let's do a rundown. Of week one of Hard Knocks. Go for it. You know, so last week it was the, the introduction to the spectacle known as Hard Knocks with the Oakland Raiders. Do the extra at the end there. I liked it. Oh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta do a little barman action, yeah. you know? At the end, remind me to do a Your Friday. We didn't do that last yeah, week. Yeah, we didn't do that last week for our boy Freddy, but... Watching the episode, I thought it was good. It, it set the groundwork. You know, you saw the, in, the you know the life of Derek Carr outside of camp. You saw a dumbass douchebag rookie in Jonathan Abram. I uh, got a little bit of John Gruden playing to the camera. You saw Mike Mayock standing there. Then they they cut some cat from Last Chance University or Last Chance U on Netflix because he really wasn't applying himself that much and didn't know that when a head coach says, "Yo, go see the trainer for PT tomorrow." That that's like a formal invitation yeah. to actually, you know, oh, you get some do rehab it. done. Yeah, yeah. So he didn't even make it past like the first day of camp or second day. Yeah, it was not good. Not good. You know, he's on the little stationary bike, and then John Gruden's like, you know, let's get some of these fucking people out of here that don't want to work. And there's like the John Gruden eyebrow raise, like a half-ass rock. Dude, John Gruden, man. Like, and my takeaway on that first episode was I, I was annoyed by all of it. I was annoyed by how much John Gruden was pandering to the cameras. I was annoyed by Jonathan Abrams, how much of a douche he was. He's lighting up people in practice. Oh, my no God. Pads. Like, dude, just chill the fuck out, bro. Um, I was annoyed with Antonio Brown and his bullshit, like, ar- arriving to camp in a fucking hot balloon. Like, dude, come on. Like, who are you? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and, and I think I think Hard Knocks, for me, has been ruined. Um, I loved Hard Knocks last year, the year before, because there was no other option. There is another option on the table for me, and I think it's so much better than Hard Knocks, and that's All or Nothing, the Amazon Prime series, mm-hmm. where they follow a team around for a whole year. Um, and nothing really happened in episode one of Hard Knocks. I, I get it's the first episode. Um, you got to lay down the characters and all the bullshit. But still, at the end of the day, like there was no nothing like to grip me. There was nothing like amazing about that episode. Whereas in Amazon's All or Nothing series, like each episode, is, there's eight episodes and you get two games per episode. You get to right. see what goes into training camp, what goes into the first game, the game planning. You get to see um, basically the pitfalls of what happened and then how they would correct that for next week, um, how they're going to attack a certain team. 
Um, I was fascinated by the All or Nothing series with the Cowboys about two years ago and how Zeke Elliott was going through the ups and downs of his uh, suspension. So, like, there's inherent drama built into All or Nothing because everything that happens matters for an NFL season. But I walked away from watching Hard Knocks just being annoyed with everything. Being annoyed with Gruden, with Abrams, with AB. And I was like, nothing got accomplished besides that one dumbass being cut. Like, there was nothing that actually happened, you know? Right. And I get that, like, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Like, it was kind of lackluster. I, if I had to grade it, I would have given it, like, a, you know, a fucking C plus, B minus, like, somewhere around there. Because there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, there was people fucking, like, doing stuff on their day off riding on, on fucking horses through vineyards. But what, what was the point of that? Why would we have to see that shit? Who you cares? Show, show You're fucking holding hands with... Show rookie bonded between oh. uh, Jonathan Abram and their first round pick. I uh, hate that guy, Colin Jonathan Farrell. Abram, so much. But uh, what kind of annoyed me was by the time this episode came out, the whole fucking world knew that Antonio Brown was a moron and froze his friggin' feet off in a cryogenic chamber. So when... When I, I watched it twice, I watched it here with, with Tara, and then I watched it with my folks uh, when I went up there a few days ago. And re-watching the second time, there's the beginning when he's like taking his shoe off and he's taking his sock. It's like the camera crew purposely like didn't show his feet. They didn't show anything at all. And then all they're saying is like, oh, he's got bad feet. And I think, I think that's another great point that I want to bring up. Like with Amazon All or Nothing... You can tell those camera crews are not in front of these folks. They're just blending in the background. Like the, most of the angles you see in that uh, in that show are angles in the meeting rooms in the corner, right? And game film and some practice stuff, right? Other than that, like there's no painting to the camera, and I think that's what something that also annoyed me with with Hard Knocks is like um, there's a lot of just like you feel like it's fake. You feel like it's not really what's happening. Like everybody is heightening it up for the, uh, for the cameras. Right. I think that's what the biggest rub for me is. And I think maybe the next topic we're going to talk about with the, uh, the helmet Dude, gate, right? AB. So I'm driving, I'm driving back from, from New Hampshire and my fucking phone's blown up and I stop and I look and apparently Antonio Brown is threatening to air quote, retire, never play for the NFL again. If he's not able to use uh, like an 11 year old helmet that's no longer certified by the league and like this athletic standards commission I'm not going to read the whole name but the acronym is NOCSA N-O-C-S-A-E just type it in the Google machine and have at it but the point that they don't want to allow these helmets anymore is because they're not certified to protect the head adequately from concussions so the league is looking out for Antonio Brown and his issue is the new helmets protrude and obscure his vision and how he's threatening to retire, and you know he had like a, two, a bigger fucking face mask. He had a two-hour conference call with like an arbitrator, you know, saying uh, pleading his case, and then reports came out today on Sunday that you know if uh, if he gets hurt wearing a new helmet, he's gonna sue the league for liability. Which, dude, like, are we on Bizarro World? You're going to sue the league for making you wear a helmet that, in theory, is supposed to protect you more adequately. From head injuries, like Tom Brady had to change his helmet, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. There's 31 other guys, including your dumbass, to change a helmet. And, and they give you adequate time to make sure you get comfortable with the new helmet. Right. They did not straight up say, this is a new helmet user right. or not. Because last year, a bunch of people grandfathered in. 31 players were grandfathered including in. AB. Including AB with their old helmets, uh, with Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, just so those guys can get comfortable with the new helmet. They don't want to make the switch immediately overnight. Right. And they gave him that They gave him that actual like you know leverage to go do that to go actually get a new helmet and work it work the kinks out Aaron the Diva was the first one to change his helmet no problem how does that make you feel AB you're worse than Aaron the Diva like and like the thing is 
is with this whole nonsense, you know, Mike Silver of NFL Media, you know, we were talking offline and this story started to get some wheels when a local reporter out of Pittsburgh, I'm forgetting his name, it's on a radio show, was saying that A.B. and the Raiders seem to have gone like radio silent with each other. And then Schefter kind of picked it up and ran with it, saying, like, this is why X, Y, Z about the helmet. And then Mike Silver of NFL Media had a 20-tweet thread bombshell about, like, the helmet, how long it's been going back since, like, OTAs. And, you know, it's not so much about the feed. It's about the helmet and how he was late to meetings. And my favorite tweet in this, I think it was tweet number 17, was, and I quote, Brown, according to witnesses, typically glances at the screens of several yeah. tablets and smartphones during his meetings, distracting himself by engaging in activities which include perusing his bank accounts and liking photos on Instagram. Like, he's a moron, but it's just funny that you're running late to meetings, it's all about commitment to excellence, and you're out here checking to make sure business Bro, is booming. I, I cannot believe I actually defended this ass clown for a few months like right. initially when our, when our podcast launched we were all like you know what we big ben you piece town. of shit michael mike Tomlin, you piece of shit what are you doing to antonio brown and now we're sitting here we're like wow i Dude. guess i guess the steelers pulled a uh looks like the steelers and the buffalo bills both got off the yeah. hook here they yeah? are fucking geniuses mike Tomlin is looking like a genius right now imagine if he went up to the buffalo bills locker room and he tore that thing to pieces just because how unhappy would have been especially in that situation yeah. oh my god if he's this bad now with a in a happy situation in a, in a, if he's ha- if he's if he's like this in this situation now with this new contract and the money that he got right whatever he got he needed right right imagine how he would have been up in fucking buffalo no shit it would have been great for us to see in November if he was still there. But my quick take on this whole AB thing is in the words, in the world of wrestling, this is a work in my opinion. Because if you look at Schefter, you look at Silver's tweets and whatnot, and they're reporting, they, they, they also put out columns about this. This has been going on since OTAs, which was happening in like, what, April and May? But now all of a sudden it comes to a head when you have HBO camera crews live on site in Napa, California, covering training camp. And let's be honest, you're going to retire and give up $30 million in guarantees over a helmet. It's not going to happen. Like, I'm just saying, if this doesn't make the floor for, if this doesn't survive the cutting room floor for episode two of Hard Knocks, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to stop watching because I get it. Gruden wants to make sure their image of the Raiders is better than what the Cleveland Browns looked like last year. But there's no way you can have all this information coming out and not have it make the episode. Well, it has to. Um, It has to, obviously. And if it doesn't, it'll be really, really bad look for both Hard Knocks and the NFL. Right. Especially with like Silver and that in-depth, you know, information you know clearly someone from the uh, either the coaching staff or hell even mike mayock himself was talking to silver because they both go back to working to the nfl network together but then you have john gruden coming out saying oh we stay we stand by you know antonio brown in this helmet situation like who has chucky become who has John Gordon become? He's been bro? in the booth for too long. Like, dude, you're right, because this is not John Gordon I would remember. You know no. what I'm saying? Like, I, I always thought John Gordon was overrated, but who he is now, I'm just like, bro, who the fuck are you, you know? Like, I remember one time at training camp, oh, 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 Santa Claus is here, let's fucking go. And, like, just going at it yeah. and, and whatnot. And now it's just and like, like a WWE sideshow. Yeah, it's just like he's putting on a. Uh, regardless, I want to end this topic with saying I really do want to get 
your input and uh, our listeners input like if they have the means to watch both hard knocks and all or nothing um just watch it and give us the feedback give me the feedback because i want to know what your thoughts are as well because i watched last uh, the newest uh, all or nothing that came out about three weeks ago um with the uh carolina panthers from last year and it was just so like amazing to watch these guys start off six and two and then they go up to the steelers um stadium and they get rough yeah, shots Thursday night, night game they got blown out but what we didn't pick up and what i picked up in the behind the scenes stuff was um ken moon took a hit to his shoulder that's what's uh that was just basically the uh that was the starting point for his demise and that was the starting point for the demise of the of the team and then it was great to watch week in and week out these guys try to rally everybody else but they just didn't have the talent the quarterback right. so i really do want to get people's input into what is a better series after this is all done you know mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, uh, we are going to be discussing the preseason action. We actually had some live football. Dude, it was like 11 games. It was 12 games Thursday night. Um, and then there was two, two Friday. Two Friday, uh, one Saturday, three Saturday. Yeah. And then one tonight? Or no tonight? I don't think there's any tonight. We could be wrong. But the brunt of it was Thursday. Yeah. Uh, so what was your, uh, your takeaways from that, bro? So my takeaways were... Uh, I'll start off with the game I watched the most. It was the New England-Detroit uh, Lions game. Yeah, buddy. Um... So, Jacoby Myers, that undrafted, I think it was an undrafted free agent, uh, he was kind of the darling of the evening. He looked good. I think he got two touchdowns, one from Jared Stidham and one from Brian Hoyer. Um, I mean, the, even the, like the number twos for New England, like the, I think they got most of the snaps uh, that night. They look good. Like the defense looked good. Jamie Collins looks lean. It's weird seeing him play it as number six for a jersey. Um, well, those jersey numbers aren't set just yet. Right. preseason numbers. But um, Jared Stidham, I was impressed. Yeah. Uh, he, he looked good. He showed a lot of mobility in the pocket. He could tuck the ball and run. And then he was even doing, like, pre-snap movement. He was checking in the right plays and taking over, uh, like, protection calls. So yeah. I think uh, if all pans out, you know, they got, a, they got a steal in the fourth round with this kid that had a knock out of Auburn. But that's because I think they just weren't using him right in that yeah. system. Yeah, what I the game that I focused in on was the Arizona Cardinals versus Chargers game. Mm-hmm. That was a great game to watch, man. It was only one drive of Kyler Murray, um, but it was great to see just uh, how um, Dancing Cliff is going to use Kyler Murray. Like there was a lot of short intermediate passes, getting the ball out quickly on the move, all um, out of the shotgun too. Yeah, all out of shotgun, and uh, I was actually stunned to see that they were backed up within like their own five yard line, and they came out swinging with with Kyler Murray. That shows a lot of confidence in the in a rookie quarterback and. Uh, um, you know, Joey's still out on all these players. I mean, it's only it's only one week, and I'm not going to overreact. But I, I was encouraged to see um, just how uh, how efficient he looked in that offense and how right. he had command of the offense as right. well. So, uh, especially going against the number ones. So, at the end of the day, it's not you know it's not like you know a real real life uh, NFL game, and there's no like you know crazy scheming or anything like that. But it was fun to watch. You know? Yeah. And then the other two games I had a close eye on just because one of them was my Dolphins. Yeah. Was uh, Josh Rosen. He looked great. Uh, he came as advertised with the arm. Uh, him and Preston, Wils- uh, Preston Williams, they, they had a great connection going. And I did a little bit more research, too. And I guess they had uh, a couple of, you know, football camps together in high school. Uh, but jo- uh, Josh Rosen was making great throws. It just sucks because the offensive line of the Dolphins are still it's still a sieve. So he was getting pressure right up the middle. Uh, he got sacked, I want to say, like three times. One bonehead interception just because I don't think he saw the linebacker sitting in the middle of the field. But I got hopes for Josh Rosen. If he could string together some more consistent performances, I think he could run away with the number one job. And then the other one that was focused on was my apparently my real-life football ride-or-die 
Daniel Jones. Yeah, what is it like? You all of a sudden you have this guy's cock in your mouth. Like, is he like your? You know, he, just what because, just because, what what kind of set me off was I enjoyed Max Kellerman's tweets on draft day, yeah. and then I saw like everything else that all the other commentators and Dan Olavsky was saying, and I went back and I was looking at the tape, like highlights, lowlights, the penthouse, you know, performances to the outhouse performances against Clemson, and. Besides the fact that he had a bad offensive line and he was thrown to a 5'9 dentist that was never going to get drafted in the NFL, he looked great. He could run. He's got a good enough arm. And some of the perform uh, throws he was making, I mean, he was 5'5", five 67 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he had great they – they were doing play-action throws, and he hit Golden Tate on a dime in between a window uh, for a first down, and then he put touch on the ball in the corner of the end zone for Latimer. I, he looked as advertised. I, you know, one of his biggest knocks was his motion was long, he held on to the ball too long. I didn't see that. So a big test is going to be this coming week when they go on the road in Chicago. If he can replicate that, get a couple more series under his belt, I think there's going to be a little bit more traction. But I don't see them banging down the doors to make him the number one week one. Yeah, I mean, I watched that drive that he had. And, you know, sure, they put him in great positions to make some uh, some completions and get him, uh, get him, get him, you know, get some completions for him. But like I said, I'm not going to overreact. This proves nothing to me. The guy, I still think is useless and he's going to be a bust in the NFL. But that, I'm not going to hold that against him just yet. I'm not going to have a definitive stance until I watch him for at least, you know, halfway through the season if he's starting. You know, give him, give him five, six games, he's not progressing, then I'm going to make up my mind. But, I mean, to go off the point of him looking good, like, a lot of a lot of quarterbacks look good week one. Like, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, not even, like, starters. Like, even people like Tyrod Taylor went, like, six for six and 72 yards. Like, I mean, it's just preseason week one. Um, there's nothing... Uh, yeah, sure, it's great to see him complete some passes, but I don't think it's, it's the biggest deal on the planet, you know? Right, but it's setting the roster. I mean, look at you know, look at the Patriots. We all know there's no way that they're carrying three quarterbacks going into the beginning of the season. If Jared Stidham strings together some more performances like he had uh, on Thursday, Brian Hoyer might be out of a job. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's week one. I get it. Like, people don't want to take too much stock in it. It's, you know, Mike Florio was saying, people saying, like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Well, tell that to Preston Williams and, you know, Jacoby Myers and, you know, Daniel Jones proving that he's picking up the offense quicker. Like, he's coming as advertised from what the beat writers and, I mean, some people in national media have also had an e-crow on everything that they were saying about Daniel Jones coming in the draft. Yeah. So, yeah, it's you know, they can build it's up a, these performances. It's a little too early to start saying people have to eat crow. Like, it's, it's, dude, it's been like two, three weeks since you've been playing football. Like, come on, bro. I mean, like, it's two, three weeks in the NFL. Look at, look at what the biggest knock in the draft was. And then look at how he performed. The biggest knock in the draft was he was drafted three rounds higher than he should have. That's yeah, but look how he performed, and look at how Dwayne Haskins performed. See, I, I, everyone, I put, I put no stock in either on that. Camp, you know I'm saying everyone in the Redskins camp wanted to take Daniel Jones. Yeah, like if you're comparing apples to apples, no offense to Dwayne, but he made great throws. He was great. He was mobile. He ran the ball for a first down. Yeah. But there were times where you could see that the lack of experience as a starter showed yeah. on those two interceptions to the Browns. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I have I mean, I watched all most of preseason one games and their highlights, and, like, people like Sam Darnold with the 4 for 5, 68 yards and a touchdown, and, you know, Kyler Murray, 6 for 6, 40, 44 yards, yeah. and even Kyle Loretta on the Giants had a stat line of 9 to 12, 9 to 12 116 yards and a touchdown. Like, it's, dude, I don't care. If, if he came out and looked horrific, then it would be a different story. You know what I'm saying? So... Right. Uh, the one thing that did annoy me watching those preseason games was the local broadcasting is so nauseating. Did you notice that? 
Because I was watching the Cardinals, and obviously I get it, like it's the Cardinals home commentators. They're going to play it up on national TV. But I watched that, and I'm like, dude, like, yeah, I see he made like six passes that are complete, but you're making it sound like he won six, six fucking Super Bowls. Like, Kyle Murray, he, he's just, he, like, like, chill the fuck out. Like, take his penis out of your mouth, you know what I'm saying? What? Because he's like 5'10", and he's got a cannon of an arm, and he can run? Dude, like, what are they supposed to do? Be monotone? Like, I was listening yeah, to the Yeah, yeah, be, be objective. I was, oh, you know? please. You should have put on the, the, the fucking New England Patriots commentary when did I say that the Patriots weren't nauseating their home their Ugh. home I can see how that would be annoying for you but I just I'm bringing a point that all these like home like commentaries I was watching I'm like dude like this is like right but you also have to out. pump up the fan base too like you have to get everyone behind him like yeah. I mean we saw that at training camp with with Daniel Jones where some of the crowd was coming around and then he was dropping dimes in the end zone and hitting people on you know, slant routes right where only the receiver could get it. And it wasn't like people were booing the kid. Yeah. So you got to hype up the crowd. I, I DVR'd the Giants game and I watched that. And yeah, no, it's slowly but surely building up a little bit. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right. Um, next up, you want to get to the uh, Brady contract situation? Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like last, last Sunday? Yeah. Last Sunday he signed a... What people thought was like originally like a two-year extension, and you know it was for like what twenty something million. He would have been like the sixth highest-paid player of the season. You believe that? That's, kind of, that's unreal, dude. <laughs> well, you know, no one's making them take a pay cut. Um, but then when people started doing more, you know, research into the contract, it, it's essentially it's a one-year contract where he gets a bump in pay to like twenty-eight million or whatever, and then the last few years of the contract avoidable by either party and it buys the New England Patriots an extra five million in cap space. Yeah. It, it's interesting. And once you look deeper into the contracts, it's essentially just a year to year contract. Right. It's a perform this year, we'll come back to the table next year and discuss if you're worthy enough of another contract for the next year, you know? And I get that. They want to, the Patriots want to protect themselves. Uh, that's totally fine. Um, but the uh, the ultimate like, you know, raise your move was Tom Brady putting his house in the market. Like I don't know if that was like a hey a bluff in here, let me put the uh, put my house in the market kind of thing. Like, I, I wonder what the the genesis behind that was. I mean, I think it's noise. We were talking about this earlier in the week, and I, I just said like, you know, news versus noise. I think the whole house thing is noise. Like, there's been reports that he wants to move back to he wants to move towards Greenwich and be close to the city, and he's got property all over the place. And I don't know if he still has an apartment in Quincy, like right on the harbor. But yeah. Well, the closest uh, property besides that house is a three hour drive for him. Uh, right. I think it's in like. Right, but he's got like he's got share. He's part of wheels up and shit. Like he, he can day, fly right? to, to Norwood or Bedford and fucking get there. So and the guy that broke the story, uh, I think it was like a local reporter about him putting the house up for like forty million dollars, which is four a, times more than the value. Yeah, he did a he did a thread and he was saying that you know it looks like you know if he doesn't really want the family to affect his decision on whether or not he's going to continue playing football. Like, if he's going to continue playing, like, it's going to be on his terms. He doesn't have to worry about the kids and the wife and, yeah. and all that other shit. And I was saying, short of him going to San Francisco and playing a year or two for his hometown team, yeah. he's, not go he's not going anywhere out of New England. Yeah. Unless he falls off the cliff between now and, like, December, he's going to get another contract Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's talk about that. Let's say he has a subpar year. Um, do you think New England has a boss to let him walk as a free agent? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't. But again, like I think there's going to be some back corner deal or you know back back room deal. I mean, this is against the CBA, but there's no way anyone can tell me that Robert Kraft didn't tell Tom Brady say, "Hey, if you take less, 
and help us build around. You know, we could we'll give you part ownership of the team. Like there's no there's no way th- that he's going to play for any other team. For, well, that's fine, but I do I do wonder just how much Belichick. Uh, is going to push Robert Kraft if he has a subpar year this year. I wonder how much Belichick is going to say, listen, listen, uh, Kraft, you got uh, this guy out there. He's not well, getting it done. Based on just this first week of preseason, I think they may have thrown the ball like 30 times combined between yeah. both quarterbacks. They were running the ball a shit yeah. ton. Yeah. So th- like I said, like two or three podcasts earlier when we did the top 10 quarterbacks we want for the season, I don't think they're going to expect Brady to throw the ball too much. I, I can truly see a scenario. Like, let's not be stupid here. The guy is 42 years old. He's not going to obviously give you the uh, the 08 Tom Brady with the 50 touchdowns, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? He's never going to get back to that point. But he is going to be serviceable. And I'm going to say, you know, you have to take the good with the bad. I do want to see how this plays out with Belichick. If he has a subpar year, They let's say they make it to the playoffs and lose week one and don't make the championship game. If that happens, what would Belichick's angle be? How how much is he willing to push Robert Kraft to let him become a free agent and let him walk? Because that's the ultimate where, like, hey, is Brady going to actually go play for the 49ers? Can you actually see him playing for the 49ers? I can't. But but then again, how pissed off is Belichick going to be if Robert Kraft says, no, no, let's give him another year just to see how, just to see how he rebounds. I don't think next Belichick's going to push him out the door. I would say well, he well, would. How can you say that? He tried that before. Because he had a Jimmy Garoppolo that proved he could play. He yeah. proved he was ready. If Jared Stidham comes out for the next three to four weeks in preseason and lights it up and Brady has a down year, yeah. I could see him maybe entertaining that idea. But entertaining, Brandon. He was ready to ready to push off fucking right. Uh, but how Brady. long was Garoppolo in the system when he tried to push Brady out the door? By that time, two years, three or four years. I mean, he got three rings for just sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. This is Jared Stidham's first taste of the NFL. Yeah. If he shows more progression, if he shows more improvement over week to week in the preseason and practice, then I could see him humoring the idea. But up until then, you're not really asking for a whole lot. Like, of the my biggest fear is that we're gonna have a year where, we're, let's say, we make the AFC Championship game and we lose the AFC Championship game, and it's just gonna fucking come. The fucking wave's gonna come with the haters. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't make it four. Well, you can make it four straight Super Bowls, but it's really, it's against the odds. Like. It's not going to happen in, in a in an odds world. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've been to three straight Super Bowls. We went to four out of five. So, like, if we do have a down year and we go to the FC Championship game, what what kind of wave is going to come of, of the Brady criticism, you know? Well, I mean, there's going to be people like myself criticizing, but I'm also real and can see him not. If he's going to retire, it's going to be on his own terms. That or he gets his head ripped off by a defensive end. And that's that's not too far beyond the realm of possibility because Trent Brown is no longer on that left-hand side. Yeah. He's playing for the Oakland Raiders right now. So, I mean, if they can go out and get a Trent Williams, you know, I think Tom Brady's going to be in good hands. But long story short, if he's going anywhere, he's going to San Francisco because after this season, um, what's his nuts? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has cuttable numbers on his giant contract where the 49ers won't be in that bad of a cap hit space. Could you imagine that story? <laughs> Could you imagine that story? But imagine, imagine you have a young rebuilding 49ers team. You get a great tight end, George Kittle, poor man's version of Gronk, a decent offensive line when healthy, and you put the greatest of all time quarterback with probably one of the better offensive minds in the last decade in the NFL, and Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan rather. That is not beyond the realm of possibility. I, I think I just want to add to one point you made earlier. You said that if Brady retires, it's going to be on his terms. I don't think it's up to Brady anymore. I think it's I think it's truly me, Belichick saying. 
Robert Kraft, you're not going to do this to me for twice now. Like, if you do it to me a second time now, I'm walking, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's going to be ultimatum here thrown down by Belichick as well. Um, so I, we'll see how it pans out. And my biggest fear is, like, I know Brady's not going to have the statistical monster numbers this year. But I think he's going to put the team in position to win. That's all we're going to ask from at this point in his career. And I just know we get to the FC Championship game and we don't win. It's, it's going to come, bro. It's going to come hard. So we'll see how it goes, you know? Yeah. No. So your boy A.A. Rod. <laughs> That's all you. Your boy. Jesus Christ. So Aaron Rodgers apparently doesn't like the fact that he has to go out there and have joint practices with the Houston Texans. Um, he, so dumb. Right? So dumb. <laughs> he Gosh. essentially went out and called his coach out on the red carpet with the national media right in front of him. Um, he said stuff like, I don't see why we have joint practices. I wish we don't have to do one another for another 14 years. Um, the fact that we're doing live kickoffs, I feel like the, the player association should know about that. Or some, some, yeah, some, the union. Just he paraphrasing it. Just coach. paraphrasing. Openly fucking, you know, went against his uh, his coach's will, like, right? Who admitted right after Matt Lafleur was had the floor was saying, "Yeah, I think joint practice is great. Yeah. You know, it builds up to get some like live game reps and all this other stuff, and it's more of a controlled environment. But it's not just like you know you going against the twos or whatever. It's it's great." And here comes Aaron. I know, right? And the media just runs over to Aaron and asks him, like, sticks a fucking microphone in his face. Well, what do you think about this? Like, here and comes Aaron Rodgers with his whole fucking bit of let me shit on a young head coach. And I think the thing is, him and Mike McCarthy had problems, but Mark McCarthy was older than him. Like, Matt LaFleur is a kid. In the grand scheme of things, in the NFL, you know, panting on a fucking head coaches. He's like the, the new kid at the at the lunch table here. And Aaron Rodgers is walking all over him right now. I don't I don't understand. I mean, Aaron, you could be doing two a days throwing the ball, you know, 120 times, but the NFLPA outlawed two a days. You can have one padded practice. Every other day is like a glorified walkthrough. So yeah, uh, I I don't see a problem with uh, joint practices and clearly you might have needed a little bit more because the whole offense as a whole week one really wasn't that great in preseason the fact that he made a stink about a very normal mundane thing during training camp to a day i'm sorry uh joint practice is nothing that's out of the ordinary no. happens to everybody speaks volumes into how how little he thinks of mal floor right like he made it a point to say this because he probably knew it's going to cost him ruffles yeah. It's probably gonna make his head coach look bad. Well, in his mind, it's gonna make him but look then, bad. But then, when people call him, it's like, "Oh, well, you're reading too much into this. I didn't say anything against the floor." Yes, you did, asshole. Like you, you threw your guy under the bus. He did the equivalent of the eye roll to Mike McCarthy via words to to Matt Lafleur. Yeah, that's essentially what he did. It's it's fucking insane. And then you look at you know up in New England, Belichick understands the fact that they had a horrible road record last season and you know they were able to go up to Arrowhead and win on the road and then they went and won the Super Bowl, that he made it a point to have joint practice out in Detroit and then have their first preseason game on the road in Detroit. Like that's how fucking insane Belichick is well, with trying even, to right a wrong listen, and fix a weakness. It's not even that. Look at the bigger picture here into what kind of a shit leader Aaron Rodgers is, yeah. right? He didn't like something, and his first inclination was to spout venom and hate via the national media. Where you saw those comments by Tom Brady, he's not happy about the situation as well. You can tell in his body language, you can tell in his interviews, but he still was a good soldier and shut his mouth and is moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit shouldn't be played out in the national media. And Aaron Rodgers is like, bro, like, if I give you any advice, just, just take a look into what... 
what Tom Brady is doing in, in New England. Just just mimic his fucking press conferences. If you hate Tom Brady, look at what Peyton Manning says. Like just just look at one of these quarterbacks that don't doesn't say jack shit, goes out there and plays quarterback instead of talking shit all the time. Yep, dude, this is just setting the stage for if they go the first I don't know four or five weeks and they're treading water or they're one game below and things aren't going his way and he's not able to audible and the shit, it's gonna go south and. If there was another air in the wings, I could see them. You sent me an article from Florio on Pro Football Talk being like, you know, there's people up in upper management ready to move on from him. But what are you going to move on to? Deshaun Kaiser? And well, I don't see them losing enough to get a quarterback in the draft next year. Well, why not just unload? Let's say, see, let's say you have a losing record this year and you unload him for a fucking haul, bro. Flip him for like, what, three ones? Oh, my God. You can unload him for a fucking haul and set it up for the future that way. But that Mike Florio article was um, the first time that I heard something about Aaron Rodgers being moved on from. Um, isn't worth it anymore kind of deal. Right. Because what he said in the that article was there are people in upper management in the Green Bay organization that believe um, when he declines, it's not going to be worth it to keep up with this bullshit. Can I just say that more and more of his antics is vindicating Tyler Dunn at Bleacher Report yeah. for that story he did on McCarthy? Yeah. Like every fucking story when it comes down to how they hired LaFleur and he wasn't on board and the the general manager at the time I think it was Ted Thompson told him don't be a problem yeah. like this is what Tyler Dunn was talking yeah. about yeah. and he had to defend himself but and then fucking Aaron Rodgers goes on Milwaukee ESPN and everyone starts route, circling the wagons around him Tyler Dunn is looking like a fucking genius right now Dude, with that article and, and I think that speaks volumes to what Mike Florio said right um, because you look in New England and you see what's happening with Tom Brady you see he's on the back end of his career you see that his numbers are not what they used to be but they're still sticking it out with him because he's a good soldier imagine if those numbers were Aaron Rodgers is putting up and he's like not winning games and stuff you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying are they gonna stick with him at that point then no right so bro like you're just a fucking drama queen now <laughs> like when I think of drama queens in the NFL I think of Antonio Brown and Aaron Rodgers and that's not what you should be known for with the amount of skill level that you have Right. Let's not let's not call let's not let I'm not being totally like you know anti Aaron Rodgers because I can factually say the guy is probably the second most talented quarterback in the NFL after Patrick Mahomes like just skill wise and how hard you can throw the football and how quickly you can run he's probably the second best after Patrick Mahomes one or one a whatever you want to call right. it he's up there but the fucking mental aspect is not up there for him no now real quick bullshit segment you have Antonio Brown and Aaron Rodgers in a Hell in a Cell match. Who wins? Like Hell in a Cell, like all, no holds barred. You can go Undertaker, uh, Mankind style and throw him off the top of the cage into a media, like the, 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 the media desk. Hit him with a bell. Bring out, we'll even have Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee, sweet chin music at people. Who wins that match? Antonio Brown probably. I might go with the frozen like, feet, too. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is kind of a bitch deep down. I don't he's, think he can take a punch. He's not scrappy, you know what I'm saying? You know, I don't think he can take a punch. Like, I think like he'd you, be... can, you can tell. You can look at people in the NFL and be like, that dude looks like he's a, he's a dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can tell like Cam Newton. Don't want to fuck with that guy. You know what I'm saying? Right, it's like a walking freak. Exactly, right? Uh, even Tom Brady, as much as he is, he does have a dog in him. I feel like Aaron Rodgers... He's, he's I don't think he's got guy. much of a chance. I feel like he would get hit once and he'd be like, all right, I'm done, bro. Right. But then like the cage is locked and yeah. then here comes AB off the top rope with the chair. Yeah. Where he hits it with like the steel stairs going up to the ring. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe. We'll put that up in a poll. Who wins a Hell in a Cell match? A, B, or Aaron Rodgers? And you let us know.
Uh, right? Uh, and in my perfect scenario, Mick Foley would come out and suplex somebody through a fucking table. Oh, no, no, you gotta get the socko, too. You gotta get the socko, he'll shove it in Aaron's mouth. Yep. Yep. And, and here comes uh, Stone Cold stunning everybody. And then Vince will come in and say, You're fired! That was good. That was good. I've been holding out. Yeah, that was, that was good. Uh, all right, man. What else do you want to get to? Uh, I feel like that's it. Yeah. I feel like that's it. We got more preseason coming up. Another another chance to see how these rookies look and who's going to make the squad. I, I got high hopes for my Dolphins with Rosen and uh, Preston Williams and even that Jacoby Myers kid for New England. He he impressed. So there's not a whole lot of pass catchers in New England. So he might carve himself out a job. <laughs> I'm going to ask a question before we go. I was thinking about this uh, earlier today. I was on Twitter and somebody was talking about um, like great action heroes, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it got me thinking, who's the greatest action hero I've ever seen in movies? Mm -hmm. um, and it comes down to Denzel Washington for me. With the movies that he made, such as Man on Fire and Equalizer, um, you know, what was the one with the, with the fucking bank and the robbery? And, oh, Inside Man. Inside Man. There's a great... There's a bunch of great action movies that Denzel has put together. Right. Who would it be for you? Hmm. I gotta go back. I gotta go back in time to, to Die Hard with John McClane. You know, the first one. I wasn't a fan of the second one with the airport. I think that was a little bit of a reach, but it was okay. But then, you know, him and fucking Samuel L. Jackson in the third one, gold. So give me Die Hard. Give me Bruce Willis. Especially with, like, Bruce Willis had hair back then in the first two. But you don't think, like, Denzel has had... Oh, I love Denzel. I love Denzel and Training Day exactly, and American right? Gangster Day, and all that. Like, American Gangster, Flight. Even that was not an action movie, but it was still great to watch that. It's compelling. Uh... A uh, book of Eli was a good one as yep, well. I like yep. that a lot. Plot twist. He's blind. Yeah. Deja vu. You remember that one? That was I a great that one. one. I yeah. watched it all the time. Um, so there's a bunch of great movies that he's made that had like a really wide array of like stories and stuff. And I feel like you know Bruce Willis was good with just the one aspect of Die Hard. Do you think of any? Can you think of anything else that you thought was great from from Bruce? Willis? He yeah. was good in uh, the movie The Red, Red, and even like the sequel. That one was good too. <laughs> Um, I mean, come on, the Expendables. That's so like so campy. It's so out there, like it's fucking good. So yeah. I think he was even in like GI Joe. I think he was in like one of the GI Joe movies too. Yeah, yeah. yeah give me Bruce Willis. Yeah. Bruce Willis a Die Hard kind of trumps all. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right, all right. Uh, okay, cool, man. That's uh, that's all I have for you, bro. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll plug it up. Time to plug it up. So Facebook, Instagram, you can find us at Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter, Brandon underscore Puma, Jay Chima's at Jay Chima. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, YouTube. Our boy uh, Joe Russolillo, our, our video producer, he's going out to Embry-Riddle on Tuesday. So we're going to have to try to figure out something to get some, you know, audio up on the youtube machine but we'll figure joe, something out for best you. of luck brother yeah. thank you so much for all your help man joe russo Lilo, shotgun and white claw no laws apply when you're drinking claws but like us subscribe download share tell people at the office just don't listen to the porn pad in the, in the office and get you <laughs> the human resources but that's all i got it's the fact that I took an old ipad and turned to the porn pad that's that's what i think is next that's, level the, that's the greatness yeah. of humanity i'm just we, saying we went from the pyramids to putting the man on the moon to flight to, you know, fucking an iPad. <laughs>
That's people, we are getting so close to football. I am getting super excited. We're 12 days away from the kickoff for the college football season. And right before, right after that, a week and a half later, it's the NFL season. I am stoked beyond belief, Brandon DePluma Silva. Yep. And you know what it is? I've always, I always get super excited about this time of the year, uh, just because football's around the corner. But the fact that we're doing a podcast this year and there's like a lot more content that we can kind of like create, mm-hmm. I think it's like heightened everything for me to the point where I'm like, I can't wait, you know? Yeah, let's fucking go. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Well, this is uh, Jay Chima here checking uh, checking out. Yeah, I think we're checking out. But hang on, real quick, I gotta I gotta hit hit, hit Freddie with the uh, the echo. Freddie, I understand you're recovering from a concussion, but Freddie Soliotis, you're fired. Freddie has a concussion. Yeah, what he kind of he kind of you know wiped out on a water slide, banged his head. He's, oh, he's been he's been in some rough shape, but he's uh, he's supporting the podcast. We've been talking back and forth with a little audio to text chat thing. So you know, thinking of you, Freddie. Get better soon, man. Freddie, thank you so much for your support, brother man. We appreciate it. Get better. I want to give a shout out to my boy Aaron in California. Aaron the Viking fan. Aaron the Viking fan. Uh, I call him the other day to ask a question about some West Coast airplane. And he's, I love how he picks up the phone. He's like, is this Jay Chima from the Profile Radio podcast? Oh my God. <laughs> and immediately God. he was like, dude, thank you so much for the shout out in the episodes. And I'm like, dude, I got you next week as well. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll keep him going. Um, and then uh, I was going to say, I have one more thing to say. I know. We, we've oh, wrapped up like five minutes ago. The- <laughs> <laughs> we've wrapped up that much. Oh, I do want to go up to the Shire and meet some of these lovely uh, fans that we you have. You better watch there. fucking Forrest Gump first or Dan's going to carry you out on a rail. <laughs> Dan's going to fuck your shit we up. Can, we can, you know, we can be like, we can be men about it and go and watch like, we can go to the bar and like have a, have a beer and like watch football. Or we can all have movie night and watch Forrest Gump. How about that? Forrest Gump. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Die. I'm kidding, people. Maya Condios.